Thursday, August 11th, and this is Market Foolery. I'm Matt Greer, sitting in for Chris Hill this week, and joining me in studio once again from Motley Fool Global Gains, Tim Hansen, from Motley Fool Hidden Gems, Charlie Travers, and from Motley Fool's million-dollar portfolio, Ron Gross. Guys, welcome. Hey, Matt. How are you? Okay, guys, on today's show, we're going to talk some Cisco earnings, we're going to talk short-selling, and we're going to talk about the business of bullet trains in China specifically there. But let's begin with the weekly jobs report. Ron, jobless claims fell to a four-month low last week. Mm -hmm. And as I was reading these headlines, um, I saw the word encouraging a lot. So the stock market is up at the time of our taping here. Are you encouraged? I hate to be a downer here. (laughs) Oh, come on, Ron. (laughs) Um, No, I'm actually not encouraged. I view them it's somewhat meaningless. Um, they really tell us nothing about hiring. These are just the amount of people who have applied for unemployment. So we don't know if people are getting hired and going back to work. This looks in the rearview mirror. Or leaving the country. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is a report that looks in the rearview mirror based on what we've, we know about the um, economy and the stock market so off now. I don't think companies are going to be so uh, in a hurry to put people back to work. So I am actually not encouraged. Okay, so looking ahead, what's one number that you're looking at to gauge the health of the market or the economy? I would like to see hiring pick up. The monthly jobs report, which we've been talking about lately, has not been looking that great, and unemployment's still over 9%, which has been a lingering problem. Uh, As you drill down into the numbers, private sector hiring has been carrying the weight while the public sector has been kind of sliding for three years now. And, you know, to Ron's point about the volatility in the markets may be discouraging private companies from hiring people. I think that's something we're going to have to watch in the next few releases out of the BLS. Yeah, definitely unemployment. People don't have jobs. Really, nothing else is sustainable. I will be definitely looking at the GDP numbers, the biggest kind of gauge of whether we're going to fall back into a recession or not. And that that uh, emotional kind of thing that takes over if we start to see negative growth will feed on itself and it'll be this kind of spiraling kind of thing. And that would be bad. Shares of Cisco were up on Thursday after the company reported better-than-expected earnings. Um, Better-than-expected, but Charlie, a 36% decline in net income. Um, A lot of that was due to charges related to job cuts. But revenues were up, and they cited strong demand in China and strong demand for new products. So what do you make of the numbers? It's a mixed bag in Cisco. Uh, The stock's up 16% today on revenue increase of 8%. But like you said, the profits were down they are laying off 6,500 employees in an attempt to save a billion dollars on their expense line. And there, there are bulls who say at 12 times earnings, Cisco is cheap. I'm not quite sure I agree with them. This is a company that spent $10 billion on acquisitions over the last five years, essentially to run in place. They're not making any more money today than they were in 2007. And I view that as a red flag for the company's prospects in the future. Yeah, I think I agree with what Charlie said. I think they they lost their way for quite some time. They've been making some moves, some restructuring moves now to kind of bring that back. Uh, We'll see if it's enough. Um, They definitely have some problems in their switching business. There's kind of a price war going on, and they're going to struggle with that. So they're doing kind of, at least now, everything they can do in terms of cost-cutting. But but you can't cost-cut your way out out of this forever. Tim, we've talked about um, companies, a lot of companies, citing the potential of China. This could be huge, Mac. This could be huge. Be huge. <laughs> We're you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> We're hearing that theme a lot. Um, how big of a market um, for Cisco is China? I mean, China's a big market for, for, for every industry. The question at the end of the day for multinationals or foreign companies looking to get into China is just how much market share can they get? 
Um, you know, the Chinese government has, has, if not explicitly said, at least strongly implied, they prefer a lot of the business domestically to go to um, Chinese companies or Chinese companies who have partnered with multinationals like Cisco or like a John Deere. Um, so at the end of the day, yeah, the market size is huge, but I think the the addressable market size for a lot of foreign companies looking to get into China is much smaller, um, but hard to pin down. And I'm um, staying on the topic of China. We're going to talk about bullet trains in China. Um, China is suspending approval of all new railway projects. Um, they're suspending production of some bullet trains. Tim, this comes on the heels of the July collision um, that killed 40 people. What's the story here? Well, th- I mean, this is sort of wild that that um, this is all happening now. So, you know, the, the background here is that the the Chinese railway ministry minister, the head of the railway ministry, was basically removed from office a few months ago uh, for criminal corruption charges surrounding bribery. Obviously, China has been spending huge amounts building out its high-speed rail infrastructure since 2003, and this guy was sort of the father of that movement. So he goes down for bribery, <laughs> allegedly you know, related to all these projects not being you know, uh, awarded to the right bidder. Potentially there was embezzlement, things not being constructed in the right way, and yet the government takes him out but then forges ahead with launching uh, the Beijing-Shanghai high-speed rail line. You know, they don't review any of the existing things that are happening. Then they have this uh, this big accident, which uh, reportedly had, had at least something to do with the train malfunction. And, you know, now this is this is a huge problem in China with people already sort of angry about the level of corruption in the country. It's just one, one more thing to point to. You know, w- what happens next? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. Um, you know, the thing about high-speed rail is that it doesn't really make sense from an economical standpoint anywhere. It costs a lot to run these trains. It doesn't even make sense to run in the United States without massive government subsidies. You know, in China, on a per capita basis, is about one-tenth as wealthy as the United States, so the subsidies there need to be even bigger. This was basically empire building gone wrong, and if there's a, a poster child for you know, Chinese fixed assets investment being inflated, this, this is probably it. And moving from China to Europe, European regulators are considering a temporary ban on short selling in an effort to stabilize the markets. Um, short Finally, selling. that's <laughs> going to take care of everything. <laughs> All our problems are solved. And guys, we, we should explain that short selling is essentially betting um, against a stock. You're betting on the stock to fall in price. Tim, I, I, I think I know where you're going with this, but you don't think this makes sense. No, it doesn't make sense. You know, the, the point of a market is, is, in a lot of ways, price discovery. And if you don't allow one side of the market to function, that price discovery doesn't take place, and things are just going to end up being artificially inflated. And as if, we, <laughs> if we've learned anything <laughs> over the past 12 years is that when things become artificially inflated, they're going to deflate no matter what you do. Um, so, you know, short sellers serve a lot of purposes in the market. One is they do a different type of research than people doing long uh, research and and I think that's important. Uh, you get you know a negative view and you know from a foolish perspective we want to hear all opinions. We're a motley group. And secondly, they they do provide some liquidity in the market, um, which is a good thing for for people to have. I I would totally agree with Tim. You can't push water uphill. And if a company's rotten or a country has a rotten financial system, it, it's going to fall to its natural state whether or not you have short sellers. And I, I do agree they they serve a, a, a real function that's valuable. And, of course, there is plenty of risk. I guess we can ask anyone who's been shorting a stock like Netflix the last few years. Or Green Mountain. Or Green Mountain. Oh, sure. Definitely. I mean, you know, uh, you know, we've obviously encountered short sellers a lot you know, vis-a-vis China. And I think, you know, at, at some points, 
some of the individual short sellers have done some irresponsible things in terms of publicizing their research and that sort of thing. That doesn't mean it's not an important viewpoint, um, but people on the long side can do the exact same thing. You, you know, there's pump and dump. Or, you know, it's the same scam that you can run on either side. So uh, you know, fundamentally, though, short, long research, they both belong in the open market. And, and you've got to be careful, though, when you're shorting because the old saying goes, the market can may, remain irrational longer than you can remain solvent. And so you, you do need to be careful. Okay, let's go around the horn as we close here. Stepping away from the markets, one thing that you would like to short. Charlie? For a 72-hour very short market call, I will short short sellers just because they're <laughs> under fire. You know, ride the trend. Trend's your friend. Okay, you're sh- I've got to think about short, that. You're short shorting short sellers. Short sellers. Yeah. Okay, got it. Uh, WNBA. Wow. Interesting. Well, you know, I mean, think about it. The NBA is in a lockout. You know, they, 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 they're not making money, yet they, they're subsidizing this albatross that no one wants to, to own or even really go attend the games of. At some point, that's got to go away, doesn't it? I think that's going to Makes zero. Makes sense. Um, I am going to short the cupcake craze that has gripped the nation, and I will be a winner. That is so Knowing solid. that would have been a good bet to make, Ron, two years <laughs> <Yeah>. ago. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't ask the question two years ago. Welcome to 2009, Ron Gross. <laughs> from Motley Fool Global Gains, Tim Hansen. From Motley Fool Hidden Gems, Charlie Travers. And from Motley Fool Million Dollar Portfolio, Ron Gross. Guys, thanks. Thanks, thanks Mac. Thanks, Mac. As always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about. And the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. On Friday, you can catch our live chat beginning at noon on Fool.com, the Motley Fool website. We'll have live audio as well. Again, that's noon at Fool.com. And you can catch our weekly show, Motley Fool Money, beginning Friday around 6 p.m. Um, just go to MotleyFoolMoney.com or on iTunes. I'm Matt Greer. We'll see you next time.